Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. We are back with Arthur Holland Michelle, his book, Eyes in the Sky. We're talking about this incredible technology. And Arthur, we were talking about the good and the possible bad with this kind of technology. In your opinion, what could be the bad part of this? Well, look, the, the fact of the matter is there has not been a single surveillance technology in history that I can think of that, despite having been created perhaps with the best intentions, has not given rise to unintended consequences or has just straight up been abused. And the, the same could very much be possible for Eyes in the Sky. It, it gives you tremendous power. I mean, you can see a person's every move for hours and hours on end. You can find out who they're associated with. You can find out whether they uh, frequent particular areas of, you know, political meetings or, uh, you know, sites of worship or, or businesses, mm-hmm. and, you know, give, give you a sense of what they're into and, and what they're all about. And, and that gives you tremendous power, something that you may not necessarily have at ground level. How did the technology develop? Who came up with this? Well, um... Let me ask you the question, actually. Let's start with the question, actually. Do you, have you heard of a movie called I, uh, Enemy of the State? Yes. Yes. A great Will Smith movie from 1998 about uh, the NSA, a sort of rogue cell within the NSA. Um, there's this satellite in that movie, um, a totally fictional satellite, that is able to scan the entire eastern seaboard and track Will Smith wherever he goes. Well, there was an engineer from a government lab watching that movie in 1998, and he was so inspired by that satellite, he said, what if we made one of those? And, and that was actually the seed of inspiration that gave rise to this technology, um, which has an uncanny resemblance to that satellite in, in Enemy of the State. Um, so they, they looked at the, the technology and they said, well, you know, maybe we can't make a satellite, but let's see what we can do. And they strapped some cameras together and they used some clever image processing techniques. And then the CIA got very interested in what they were doing because they saw that there was a possibility that they might be able to use it to go against insurgent networks in Iraq. Um, these are groups that you know operate very diffusely in large cities. Um, you may be able to find out who they are by tracking them um, from where they've come and where they're going to, just using a single IED attack as your first sort of starting off point. Um, and again, since you can watch the whole area, it doesn't matter if you weren't pointing there with your telescopic cameras, the camera sees everything, right? And um, And so that sort of started this race against the clock program to try and get this technology into the battlefield as quickly as possible because these groups really did believe that they were going to be able to make a difference to actually stop the tide of violence in these IED attacks and and try and you know t- try uh, change the tide of of of, of the war and, and so these technologies were initially deployed in um, 2006, and they continue to be used today. Might they have found uh, Osama bin Laden with this kind of technology? They would have had to be there, you know, well in advance because it's a technology that works best for something like that if you're watching an area persistently over days and days and perhaps even weeks so that you can really figure out 
what the patterns of the network are and who's the boss. Um, the other thing is that Osama bin Laden, right after the in- invasion of Afghanistan, went up into the mountains, um, and uh, as, as far as we know. And this technology is better suited for, for cities um, because a city is a relatively concentrated area. Um, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be able to surveil thousands of square kilometers um, right. at once. But if they were able to narrow it down to a particular area, who knows? Yes, I mean, it's, it's very possible. What is the 2016 Baltimore event or operation, Arthur? Sure. So in, um, in 2016, um, a, the, the Baltimore Police Department set up a secret effort to deploy one of these cameras over the city of Baltimore persistently, that is to say every day, with the aim of uh, conducting surveillance over the, the people of Baltimore to solve, um, as one, one document put it, unsolvable crimes. Um, the, the only hitch was that the people of Baltimore were not told about this operation. And this plane conducted hundreds and hundreds of hours of surveillance of the entire city, I mean, 32 square miles, um, before uh, it, it was revealed and then the, the, the police department had to close it down because there was a lot of um, public pushback. I spent two truly eye-opening days in Baltimore um, observing the operation in full swing when it was still completely secret. And so I was sitting there in the control room watching the whole city of Baltimore. And then I went out onto the street, and I knew that the plane was flying, and I looked around me, and nobody else did. And that was a really strange feeling. That was that weird, that I bet. It didn't feel right to me. That, that must have been kind of unnerving. Yeah, it, it, was, it was quite incredible. I, I sat in on a briefing um, where the, the analysts showed how they had tracked a, n- a number of individuals who had been involved in a lethal shooting for hours on end as they moved through the city, both backwards in time and forwards in time. And at one point, I recognized the street where these murder suspects were, were, were driving along. And I realized it was the street where the office was located. <laughs> and then I stepped out onto that street and it, it was a pretty spooky experience. Now, the technology is called the Wide Area Motion Imagery, right? Correct. And it's, where will it be, in your opinion, in 10 years? Well, there are a few things that are happening. One is that the camera technology is improving. So the earliest iterations of of this technology um, weighed about 1,000 pounds. That means you needed a very large aircraft to be able to carry it. Now you can get that same performance in a 30-pound camera. Wow. Think about that. Can they do it via satellite? You, you can do it via satellite oh, as well. And so we're going to see a couple of things happening. One is as the technology gets smaller, you're probably going to be able to see it on drones. You're going to be able to have swarms of drones that are going to cover very, very large areas, and they're all networked together. Um, you're also going to see that same fundamental technology appearing at ground level on CCTV cameras. So you have cameras that instead of you know, having to rely on chance to see if you know, the, the, the bank robber happened to be in frame at the right time, uh, these cameras will get a 360-degree view 
of everything around them. There was one camera that was installed in Logan uh, Airport in Boston, in, Boston. in Terminal A, and the single camera was able to see pretty much everybody in the entire terminal at once. Remarkable. Um, and then the other thing, as you mentioned, is satellites. So as satellite technology improves and satellites become smaller and cheaper to launch, and as the imaging technology gets cheaper and smaller, you're going to be able to have constellations of satellites that don't just take the images that you see in Google Earth. They take video. And so it's likened to Google Earth, but moving. And you just think about that for a second. You see the days when there's going to be a police chase, and then all of a sudden, out of the skies, they blow up the car? Well, uh, that, that might be a, a, a little... Uh, drastic, as uh, you know, with with all of the threats that have existed, and all of pr- probably even the temptation to do something like that in the last, you know, twenty years, um, police departments have not done that, and I, I think there's there's a, a pretty strong policy uh, reason for that. That being said, there's no reason why they wouldn't send the drones up to, you know, chase the car down in that manner. And actually, that's something that happens fairly regularly now. Is this kind of technology violating our constitutional rights at all? Well, at the moment, as current privacy law stands, this technology is completely legal. Illegal. Legal, yes. In fact, I have operated one of these cameras. Uh, over the city of Albuquerque in New Mexico, and I needed no special permission. I needed no certification. Um, we didn't even have to inform the air traffic control tower that of what we were doing. We just said we were doing a photo mission. Um, and that is because, uh, look, if, if you're doing a cross-country, if you're in an airplane taking a cross-country flight and you poke your camera out of the window and you take an image, you know, you, you obviously haven't done anything illegal. No, there. no. That's because the airspace is public. It's like taking a picture in a park. If someone happens to be in your image, it's their problem, not yours. Well, that's essentially the extent of how the law defines it, and so that can be interpreted in all sorts of different ways. You know, maybe you have an iPhone and you're taking a camera from, uh, taking an image from the sky, but someone else has a a camera that is hundreds of times more powerful, and then they're passing that information over to law enforcement. Um, that falls under the same set of, you know, rules, and that's where that's where that's the rub. You know, that's that's why the regulations seem to be at a point where they have some catching up to do. That's amazing, isn't it? When you it think is. of it, it is. It's. It's, it's quite astounding. Having seen what this technology is, is, is capable of, um, to think that it is, as one source put it to me, no different to someone sticking a GoPro out of the, the side of a Cessna, um, you know, that's, that's clearly not the case. Uh, you can do all sorts of things with this that you can't just do with a a drone or even a helicopter with a very powerful telescopic camera. What kind of technology, Arthur, do we have on our satellites now that could compare to this? So at the moment, by and large, um, at least satellites that we know about um, only do still imaging. That is to say they take um, still photographs. Um, there, there have been some experiments 
to make videos from satellites. Um, the problem with that is that a satellite travels at 17,000 miles an hour. Uh, it crosses from one end of the horizon to the other in about 90 seconds, uh, which means that you may be able to get a good video clip of whatever you want to look at. Mm-hmm. That video clip will only be 90 seconds long. Right. Uh, Unless another satellite picks it up or something like that. Exactly. And so if you have enough satellites, which previously was very, very expensive, every satellite cost half a billion dollars or more, um, now they're much cheaper. If you have enough, then as soon as the first satellite passes over the horizon, the second satellite is ready on the other side to, p- to pick up the, the, the feed. Um, there are some other technical challenges involved in that, but all of the technological barriers that previously existed to space-based video surveillance are very, very quickly beginning to fall. And in fact, uh, there is a, a, a company that um, just made an announcement last year um, that they, they were going to do video from space uh, at large, and it's a company with investments from, I think, Bill Gates and SoftBank, so it, uh, you know, it's, it's clearly, uh, it's clearly a, a serious proposition. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.